Alright, so it's part two in the Shabbos. We really, last week, um, started to try to build this principle that the, the idea, the main idea behind Shabbos, or perhaps one of the central themes of Shabbos, is to live life in a way that we know what we're living for, and Shabbos allows us the opportunity to look back at that, to review that, to look at it as an assessment of what have I accomplished, where have, where, where, where have I come, what have I been, which on a certain level, can be very exhilarating. If a person has accomplished, and feel, feel, if a person feels that they actually have grown and that there is something to, there is something to look at and say, wow, okay, now I'm inspired to move forward, I'm inspired to move to the next level and to continue in my growth. Or on the other hand, it can be very depressing if a person actually hasn't done anything. That's, if last week I'm, I'm the same as I was this week, then, then life is just, then, then essentially the week was just a slow process of dying. It's like somebody once said <coughs> that a birthday party, they don't understand why we celebrate birthday parties. Because every single, every year that you get, you're just one year closer to your death. That's all. That's, <laughs> so how, <coughs> what's, what's the celebration? You know, if you have, if you're accomplishing things, right? That's 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 exactly my point, though. You know, if you're accomplishing something, then of course, then every year is, is something to celebrate. Because today I'm so much more than what what I was last year. But in a sense, if I didn't do anything, if I didn't grow, if I didn't become more, I didn't do, didn't improve myself, I didn't enhance my life in any way, I didn't examine what I'm doing and 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 transform myself in any way, then it could become extremely frightening. But Shabbos is that time when we focus on it. So much so, and you know, there's a special halacha on Motzei Shabbos after Shabbos to make Malava Malka. What is Malava Malka? Malava Malka is just like when, when the Shabbos is coming in, we escort the Shabbos in. There's a mitzvah to escort the Shabbos out. It's brought in the Svarim, in the deeper, in the in the in the in the in the more kabbalistic works. It says that the Motzei Shabbos, food that you eat at the Malava Malka, feeds what's called something called the Luz bone. The Luz bone is the seventh vertebra in the spine, which is a very hard bone that doesn't disintegrate. It never, it doesn't, doesn't decompose with the rest of the body. And it's brought in the sperm that, that's from that bone that Tchiyas HaMesim happens. So your opportunity to feed into eternity comes out of Shabbos as well. Part of, part of the, the, even in the, in the departure from Shabbos and the moving on from Shabbos and, move, and becoming something more, it's a sense of being able to feel what I built and, and to feel that, it's, that, that essentially I have transformed into some, something that, that's much higher than myself. And we started to describe a little bit so last week. <clears throat> I'd like to say that it's the it's the essential. Um, it's Shabbos is the quintessential um, model for manifesting spiritual potential in the physical dimension. In the sense that what I mean by that is as follows: <sighs> everything that we do in the spiritual world, everything of the of the spiritual world, is something that is. That is uh, um, abstract. It's some the, the, the spiritual world is not, it's something that's very it's ephemeral. It's something that's very hard for us to put our finger on. It's not something we have something very hard time relating to that. But in, in actuality, our access to the spiritual dimension is really only through the physical world. In other words, the the actions that we do, the physical actions that we take, are intended to turn on the spiritual lights, to activate the spiritual pathways, to make it so that we actually are experiencing spirituality through the physical action that we take, the, phys- the physical things that we do. That's what this world is. We live in a physical world. We live in a world where we can make changes, where we can turn on and turn off the lights. That is the way the Nefesh HaChaim really expresses it very clearly. It's, we, we have, it's, like, it's, like, um, it's like we have a hand on, on the faucet, 
of spiritual energy. And when we do positive things, we open up that faucet and we allow a greater flow of spiritual energy into the physical dimension. And when we, when we don't, we close that. Now, there are differing levels upon which a person does that. In other words, two people can do the exact same action, two people can go through the exa- exactly the same motions and accomplish two completely different things because the, the development or the process through which spiritual attainment travels down into the physical dimension is, is, is sometimes described as a process of machshava, thought, Dibur, which is literally means words, but again, we're, we're, the, the, it, that's just a way of clothing, so to speak, in the word, the, this, this reality, and then Maisa, then the action that you actually carry out. It seems like this. To really describe this at its, at its best is to really go back on, on something that we've, we've talked about many times. The, the soul consists of three parts, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. Nefesh is the the physical manifestation, the 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 uh, the part of a, a person that is most alive, that, that that you sense as being the animated part of a human being, of, of, or, or of any living creature. Even an animal has a nefesh. A nefesh is the, is the animated living part. It's 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 sort of quant- quantified or qualified by the by the blood flow, the blood flow that exists. Dam, the the Torah describes as ki hadam hu nefesh. The blood is the soul, meaning the blood is what gives. Life. It's where it's if you cut off circulation to any particular limb, the, that limb dies. What gives life is where the life force. What the life force flows through is through the blood. The higher elements of the soul, the more spiritual elements of the soul, are the highest. Is the neshama, which is which is essentially comes from the word nishima, which comes. It's just a breath, but it's it's even it's very it's very it's very much not something that you can put your hand on. It's something that is that that inspires us or that gives a light into our, into us that connects us to a higher to the to the higher dimension but it's really complete almost completely separate from the body in some ways in some it's it's very much intangible it's 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 described as floating above the head not even inside so it's almost um you know there's a word that we use in english called a, of a halo right but the but the in in the in the in the the Arizal's famous poem that you, we sing at Charles Shudas, you say, Behilo Nero Ale Roshi. Behilo Nero, the, the light of his of that candle of the soul that lights up my lights me up, that that, that, that allows me to connect. That's in the area of Nishama. It, it's described as the as the area of thought. Really, that's the highest spiritual element is our ability to process not just thinking, but abstract thought. The the, the highest concept of, of recognizing something that is that is that is different than ourselves. It's outside of ourselves. It's something that we can't actually put our finger on. What connects these two seemingly completely opposite things? You have the nefesh, which is on the one hand the animated living part of myself. I can see that it's my body. It's my. It's, it's everything that I that I am. And the abstract, the concepts of abstract thought are things that I'm completely seemingly disconnected from. Right, which is which is the area of which is the area of neshama. What connects those two things together is the intermediate stage. It's called ruach. Ruach means the spirit. It means the airflow. It means that it means it's it's quantified, if you will, by the, the by by the by the physical manifestation of what we call dibur, speech. Because what is speech? If you think about what is speech, speech is an interesting dichotomy. It has it's, it's, it's sort of a, it's a it's a mizug, The Hebrew word is it's a it's a mixture of something physical with something spiritual. Because essentially, what's happening? Something physical is happening. I'm manipulating air over my vocal cords in order to produce sound, and that sound creates vibrations, which are the again. What was the word you used? Uh, intangible. Intangible. Those, the, you can't touch those. You don't know where those sounds are. They simply vibrate against your, against everybody's eardrums, right? Or whatever. 
whatever the every, you go through the com- complexity of breaking down the ear exactly what it is. But essentially, it's tiny little pieces of sound that are coming out of my mouth. Not whole words. It's not complete. It's it's tiny little words that your mind again thought the machshaba area is putting back together again. So there's a physical there's a physical element to it, and there's a spiritual element to it. There's a, there's the there's that which is the very tangible man- manipulation of my vo- of air over my vocal cords that's creating these disturbances in the air that your ear is picking up and then your mind is reinterpreting those sounds back into the words that they originally that, that I intend them to be. So I'm able to communicate with you I'm able to communicate with you abstract ideas which is which is means to touch the world of spirituality through the physical dimensions. That's dibur. That's the connector. It's the it's the in between. It's like the Nefesh Chaim describes. It's like the straw in the mouth of a Baruch Hu. It's like God has a straw in his mouth, like a glass blower has a takes a long straw and he blows through that straw and he can shape the glass exactly the way he wants it with how much he breath he blows into it. That's the connector between this physical, the very animated physical self, the blood flow, etc., to the machshava, to the somebody else's thought process through something that we call. Dibutim, something we call so these three these three elements machshava thought spiritual something that is comes from nothing it's ephem, completely ephemeral something that's completely intangible to coming down into Dibu, which is slightly more tangible slightly more is more something you can more closely put your finger on into finally down to the final level of actualizing it as complete misa that's 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 essentially the spiritual path now the more you plug into that spiritual path. The higher, or the or the more what you're doing ascends, or the more lights it turns on, the more it opens up that faucet. Meaning, if I go through an action simply by going through the motions, because I know this is the way Shabbos is supposed to be, then I'm only engaging my nefesh. If I do it with 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 a process of some slight understanding, but without any deeper intent, without actually thinking about it on my own, so then I've engaged I've engaged the 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 ma'isa and I've engaged dibur, but I haven't engaged machshava. I haven't engaged that highest level. When I really think about what I'm doing, and I and I understand the essence, and I try to try to re- re- recognize it on its highest level, so then I'm actually turning on the lights all the way up. So two people do exactly the same action. Two people go through the same motions of keeping the keeping the laws of Shabbos. One person does it by rote; he does it without thinking about it. He does it because that's what he's always done, or that way, that's what he's always been told to do. That's, so okay, so he does. He turns on some lights. It's a positive thing. It certainly has a positive impact. But it's not the same as the person who has. A at least taken some time to understand it, and the person that's really not only understood it, but actually sees Shabbos for what it is, which is an expression of, we also talked about this idea last week, Shabbos in the three different stages of Shabbos, Friday night, the Friday night tefillah, the Shabbos morning tefillah, the Shabbos afternoon tefillah, the, uh, the concept of that it's a testimony to, testimony to the fact that God created the world, and it's a testimony to the fact that Hashem gave us the Torah, and then to, more than that, it's, a, it's also a testimony to what's going on in the future, which, by the way, if you think about it, the Ramam and his Yud Gimel Ikram, the Ramam and his 13 principles of faith, if you break them down into small groups, you'll see that that's exactly what goes on. First is the, the concept that you have to recognize that there is a God in the world. The whole, how do we recognize that there's a God? Because we believe that the world was created, that there is a creator. There, and, and all the first four maimarim, all the first animamins, the first four statements of the fundamental beliefs in God are all about believing in God's creation of the world and the fact that there is a God and that the fact that there's reward and punishment and that there's a consequence for my actions, etc., etc. That's all in, 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 included in when we say you God made the Friday night holy means you created the world it was a process that was in motion and you stopped it that's a recognition that Hashem created the world Shabbos morning we talk about Matan Torah Hashem gave us Hashem gave us a gift of Shabbos He gave us this, this, this opportunity means He gave us His Torah and within that Torah 
Torah is contained as laws, the laws of Shabbos, which means that there is reward and punishment. It means that there's that there's responsibility. That means that that Moses is the prophet. All of those, all of those fundamental beliefs. The six there's there's essentially six middle sets, sets of beliefs that all center around that, that those principles is included in the Shabbos morning davening. And then, and finally, you get to the end of Shabbos. Ato echad echad is the last three. That's three ideas: the concept of believing in Mashiach and believing in that the fact that there's a tchias hamesim that ultimately there'll be a resurrection of the dead and ultimately that this world is moving towards a higher place towards a joining complete with Hashem Shabbos is unique it's the one time and the, the one time where there are three separate tefillos three separate prayers that are included when you daven your Yom Tov davening morning mo- Shabbos if, uh, uh, evening morning and, and afternoon it's all the same the same tefillah over and uh, it's, it's the same it's the same exactly the Batis and Lama Hashem gave us this Yom Tov he gave us this holiday and whatever goes in and Yalav Yavu it's all it's the exact same tefillah Musaf is a separate discussion. What exactly Musaf is? It that's an additional prayer, an additional. But but the but the basics. Shachas mincha shachas mincha marev. When it comes to Yom Tov, they're all the same. When it comes to Shabbos, every one of them is different. Everyone is unique because Shabbos is the development of the complete expression of our total connection to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's turning on all the lights and has that possibility, it has, it has that potential for everything that's in it. So Shabbos is the ultimate ex- experience of, ex- of accessing the spiritual dimension, of accessing the spiritual world. And let's try, to, let's try to unpack that idea a little bit more. Basically, up until there, I don't think I've said anything that's much new, very, that's very new knew over what we already said and expressed last week. We spoke about the bomb boy bomb and Bach. We spoke about which is similar to this idea of uh, of Atza Kadosh and and, and Yismach Moshe and, and, and Atza Echad, the same the same ideas. But let's let's try to see what what there is in, in Shabbos perhaps if we can unpack this idea of um, of of Shabbos as the focus of the reality of what it means to experience the world as it's supposed to be experienced. Let's try um Let's try to let's try to unpack that idea a little bit more. So, um, so. The, the commentaries talk about Shabbos as a, a beginning already really from Friday morning, from the time that we prepare for Shabbos, as Shabbos is really a model for us of what it, what it means to experience life to its fullest, meaning to experience all the entire process of living an entire life and then being able to arrive to arrive at a point at a to get to a point of arrival where what it was that we set out to do is a, is actually an accomplishment of something it's actually a fulfillment of a reality of what, of where we're supposed to be going it's the it's the it's the moment of arrival at the end of the journey it's like um, which is essentially what again it's that's that's sort of a microcosm of what, what life is supposed to be meaning like this we live in a world where there's a famous story that I like to tell about the Vilna Gaon the Vilna Gaon they said that on his deathbed I was he died actually on Kalamite Sukkah he's lying in the Sukkah and and he would, he's there the Talmudim the students that are around him notice that he's crying and they ask him why are you crying everybody knows that the, the, the Vilna Gaon was a he was a tremendous tzaddik he was a tremendous very, very righteous person he was a very very holy person you, you, you know exactly what's going to happen with this person you know he's going I saw uh, I saw just as an aside I saw, I saw somewhere it says that um 
that in some places there's a minog in the first year after after somebody's nifter, you don't you don't go to the kever. For the first year, you limit the number of times you go to the grave. You know the reason why we go to the grave ever is here's my understanding of it. This is my take on it. But we when when we go to the grave, it's to make the person the mace, the nifter, aware of our situation. In other words, there is a concept, there's a question in the Talmud as to whether or not people who are no longer living have an awareness of what's going on in this world. The Gemara says that what's relevant to them, they do have an awareness of. So when you go to the kever and you daven, you say your tefillahs, you daven to Hashem, you don't, God forbid, daven to a mace, you never daven to the dead person, we don't daven to dead people. That's, that's akin to Avodah Zarah. That is, that's totally not done. When you do, you're allowed to daven at a kever, right, and you, in one of two ways. Either one is that you express what your desires are directly to Hashem, but the mace, the, the nifter, the neshama hangs around, is around the kever, and has a greater awareness of what is going on in your life, and therefore because they are in a more connected place than we are, so they can then be ma'ur, they can bring up these ideas, these, these issues that are, that are going on with the people that they care about in front of the kisei HaKavad, in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the, in, the, in the Holy Court. Or the idea is that there, there is an idea this is not agreed according to, according to everybody, but that you can express that they should do, they should be, they should, they should be aware of your situation so that they can, so that they, directly to them, they should be aware of your situation so they can be, so that they can bring that in front of the Kisei cover. That's a little more controversial. But, but essentially the idea is, is that they're going to daven for you. But in the first year, as we know, when after a person dies, for the first year, they themselves are in judgment. They are being judged. So there is an idea that if a person is being judged, you don't put more on, you don't get, if they start making requests, then all of a sudden the examination may become a little more deeper, go deeper into them, and it may cause them to have to suffer more, suffer more, so to speak, in the world to come. Therefore, we don't make any requests of them, we don't, we don't do anything that will be more, that will bring about more din, more of a judgment on them at that time when we stay away from the Kabbalah for the first year. For the first year, you know, at the end of Shiva, at the end of Shloshim, it's, there's those, at those times it's brought that a person should go, but more than that, until the first yard said, we really, we really stay away from the cover. But it says, I saw it brought down today, I happened to be looking into these, these things a little bit, that by a cover of a tzaddik, if, you're, if, you're, if, it's the, if it's the grave of a righteous person, you can go right away. Because you know that they're, gonna, they're, they're, they're not going to have that cover. So the, the Villagon, when he was on his deathbed, everybody knew what was, what was happening with him. Everybody knew that, you know, he's... So what, what are you crying about? Like, what, 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 really, it's like none of this false piety. Like, what, 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 why are you crying? So the Gon turned to the to, to the Samir and he said to him, look, for a few pennies, a few, what he didn't call pennies, he probably called it zlatis or whatever it was, I can take, I can put on a pair of tzitzis and I can do a mitzvah and I can elevate my soul, I can transform myself into something that's completely different. When a person gets to the world to come, then whatever you've built, that's what's there. And more than that, there's not going to be. That's it. Your, your potential for growth is, is cut <coughs> off. You're, you're done. <coughs> this is it. So no matter how easy it was to do it here, which is what the Gemara really says, the Talmud says that that, uh, that when a person when a person when when a, when a person is, uh, passes away, so if he's a tzaddik, they show him his yetsahara, they show him his evil inclination, and it looks like this huge mountain, and he cries because he was being he was forced to scale this Everest of that he had to be. And a Russian, a wicked person, they show him his yetsahara, and it's like just a thin little thread, and even that he wasn't able to overcome in his lifetime. But the the the, the reality of what the Olam Haba, of what the world to come is, we think we spoke about this a little bit, and when we're talking about tefillah, is that it's a place where you where you see all of the potential that you had, and the, for the successes you relive the successes, and the failures you relive 
of the fellas and you have no way to undo them. You can see how small a change it could have been to make it and you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. So, so the, the concept of Shabbos is, is the same idea. I think we talked about this also, but the, the idea is if you, if you prepare before Shabbos, you have what to eat on Shabbos. Shabbos is a microcosm of what it is to, of, to be in the world to come. If you prepare before, while you're in this world, in the world of Avodah, in the world of doing work, in the world of, of taking action, then in, the, then in the world to come, you'll have, you'll have plenty to eat. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be well provided for. You'll be well stocked. But if you don't make the preparations here, then you won't have anything for Shabbos. Then, 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 then the Shabbos, then, then, then that ultimate Shabbos won't be, won't be able to express anything for you. You won't be able to, they won't be able to, you won't be able to, ex- to, to experience it in the, way, in the way that you wanted it to do. To the degree that you build the voltage, that you build the, 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 the process of transition, of being able to tra- transition from a world of action into a world of rest, right? Because that's what the world of Shabbos is. The, the, the concept of rest on Shabbos is that you've created a certain reality that's going to be. Let's use. Let me try to demonstrate this. In other words, all the halachos of Shabbos, all the all the laws of Shabbos, and that we fulfill, that we don't do any creative labor on Shabbos. What's the point of not doing creative labor on Shabbos? And we spoke about last week that the mishkan that they built using these thirty nine categories of work of creative labor, not work per se. Work is a is a misnomer because it implies it's something that's difficult. It's not it's not it's not that it's something that's 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 uh, is somehow taxing, but it's it's the creativity of it. It's it's this it's the sense of building and transforming, of taking something from one form and changing it into another form. If you look at all of the Malachas of Shabbos, it's barring one, the, uh, the essential the, the essential underlying principle in all the halachas of Shabbos, all the laws of Shabbos that are prohibited are all about taking something from one form, using human creativity to transform it into something else. Start to take any example that you want, whether it's sewing, cooking, uh, planting, all of them is all about utilizing the human uh, uh, ingenuity, human creativity to transform something from one form to another. The one exception to this, it's not a complete exception, but it needs, more, it needs a lot more depth, when we want, and we won't go into it right now, is the malacha of hotza'a, of carrying. How is, how is carrying something from one domain into another domain transform that item into something that's different? That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a very good question, and, and it's a discussion in and of its own right. There's, there's what to talk about over there also. It has very deep, deep implications. But let's, let's stick just to the, to the basics of what we're saying over here. The malachas that are prohibited on Shabbos are the, are the crea- creative labor that transforms something from one form to another. Where did they take place? They took place in the Mishkan. The Mishkan is the microcosm of the world, which is which means in the creativity of the, in the same way as the create that what went as creative labor into creating the microcosmic world. That's what we do. That's how we function in the macrocosm. But by fulfilling these actions, what we're doing is we're switching on those lights. Those physical actions of not engaging in creative labor are turning on the lights of meaning that we we're recognizing that we're at a point of arrival. We're recognizing that, and let me just use it. Let me use a, a a, sim- a simple example, which is not even a which is not even a Torah prohibition, but a rabbinic prohibition, but it brings this out this point out very beautifully, and that is the, the halacha of mukta. There's a special halacha. Mukta are the word mukta comes from the word mekatzeh to put something aside, to take something and say that this is this is not going to be used for Shabbos. So the halacha is the law is that if a person puts something out of his mind not to be used on Shabbos in the in the in the twilight period. As Shabbos is becoming in, then that transforms that item from from that moment on, and its its position or its status is fixed from that point on for the rest of Shabbos. Uh, one one of the best examples is as, is as follows. 
There's a halacha on Shabbos that's called basis the davar ha'asur, which means that you have something that is a base for something that's prohibited to move on Shabbos. So, so for instance, if, um, uh, assuming let's assume that you that you you light your Shabbos candles on your on your Shabbos table, okay? So, you want your Shabbos candles to be on the Shabbos table. That's where you want them to be. And by having the Shabbos candles on the Shabbos table during the twilight period, it makes it that the whole table is now the base for those candles. That's what, that's what candles are. Now, the halacha is that if later on that evening, Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos night, I ate my suda, I ate my meal, and now there's crumbs on the table, and I want to move the table aside in order to be able to sweep up the crumbs. Or whatever other reason, I want to move the table that's in the way, and I want to, you're not allowed to move that table. That table took on a status as a base for the candles. Even if the candles are out now, or even if for, there was, a, even if you had a way of moving the candles, which was a separate discussion, how you would be allowed to do that. Even if the candles are no longer on the table, you're not allowed to move the table because the status of the table was fixed at Ben Hashmashos, and it becomes it takes on that status for the whole Shabbos. That's this concept. This, that's what we're talking about over here. Shabbos is a point of a, a point of arrival. You define things. Things become fixed in their mode. This is what they are. Shabbos encapsulates them for us. It makes it, it makes it, it. It gives us a sense of what it what it is and what it's what it's meant to be. And that's the what the experience of Shabbos is supposed to be for us. The experience of Shabbos is supposed to be. This is my point of arrival. This is my point of where I am. And the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, there, there are things that are that are that that in their essence, are meaningful, meaning there are points where I, where I have actually experienced the point of arrival, and there are things that are, that are, that are a process or in motion towards arrive at the point of arrival. So Shabbos itself is really the ultimate preparation for what it means to be, to taste me'en olam it's like a It's like a taste of what the world to come is. But something that is an experience, the only time that we actually experience something that in and of itself has intrinsic value. It's not just it's not just a cause and effect. It's not just something that I'm doing in order to experience something else, which most of what we do in this world is. Most of what we do as right now I'm doing this in order to do to arrive at something else. The only the only exception to that, I think the only exception that I can think of to that is is the study of Torah. Torah study in and of itself is something that 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 it's meant to, it's not meant to be used for anything else the the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos says that uh, that somebody who uses Torah as a as a kardom lachbarba is used as a shovel in order to accomplish something else he wants to get honor he wants to get respect he wants to have a position he wants to have a livelihood that's an imp- that's that's an improper use of Torah in fact the Gemara says in one place there's a there's a story the Gemara tells about Rabbi Tarfon that at one point that he was attacked and he was he was Rabbi Tarfon was a very wealthy man but he used to go around in kind of nondescript manner. One time he was, he was wandering around in one of his pieces of land far away from where he lived, and he was cutting across the field a, a shortcut. And one of the gamekeepers, one of the people who was the guardian on his property, caught him cutting across the field, and they thought he was trespassing. And they were, gonna, they were about to prosecute him. The, the Gemaras gives a very severe punishment that they were about to give him. I don't want to get into, into a discussion of why the punishment was for trespassing on his land was going to be so severe, until finally Rabbi Tarfon, in his desperation to save himself, said, I'm Rabbi Tarfon! They, and, and the fellow didn't believe him, so he, said, so he told him a complicated a piece of Torah so that he should be able to so he should believe who he was and the fellow you know, got all startled and frightened and Rabbi Tarfan the Gemara says was, was heartbroken how could it be that he utilized his Torah knowledge to save his life what utilizing Torah knowledge again this is Rabbi Tarfan on his level and who he is and then, but the point is Torah is in and of itself one is supposed to study Torah for the purpose of Torah itself 
Torah itself is, is meant to be in an, it's an it's not a means to an end it's an it's an end by itself. Even Shabbos is only a means to an end. Shabbos is a way for us to experience the the the, the experience of arrival of having arrived at accomplishing something. It's meant for us to be that that microcosmic experience of maximizing spiritual potential in the in the physical dimension, turning on the lights of the spiritual world through the actions that Shabbos takes. That's exactly what it is. Every malacha of Shabbos says that I'm now turning out now I am now recognizing that when I reach the point of Shabbos, it's not a time to be turning on those lights and it's not a time excuse it's not a time to be being creative and changing and 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 elevating myself. It's a time to actually simply reflect on who I am right now. That's what Shabbos is meant to be. Shabbos is meant to be a reflection of myself as I am, an introspection into what have I become and how am I doing that. And, and of course, from that, to inspire myself to grow more into the next week. Shabbos is the arrival of last week and the launching point for the, for, for the week to come. That's, that's ultimately what Shabbos is meant, is meant for us as, as that experience. And that's, that's the success and the, and the ultimate in, um, pleasure of what Shabbos is. Um, it's uh, it's it's um, it's it, the 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 different elements and the disparate elements of of Shabbos's, of what Shabbos has to offer are simply manifestations of how do I make myself how do I how do I experience um, how do I experience the, the totality of the focusing on the whole, the world as what it's supposed to be like the like the talmud says that initially when hashem created the world the 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 trees the fruits and the trees were all one meaning that the bark had the taste of the fruit and in fact in one place it even says that the cake the completed bread grew on the trees as it was gan eden the, the the garden of eden or the experience of of that higher dimension was that everything was complete it didn't require any effort in order to make it happen that's ultimately the goal of what, what we're trying to experience the the experience of shabbos is to, the, the 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 point of saying what's the significance of the the the, the bark of the trees has the taste of the fruit is that normally we see the world as a process. We see everything as, as in there's a need to, for things to grow. There's a need for things to develop. There's a need for things to become. They need to be transformed. They require our, our efforts. Like Turnus Rufus once said, the, to the, there's a Roman legionnaire that had this uh, Roman governor that had an ongoing debate with Rabbi Akiva. He asked him, why is it that you give tzedakah? Why do you give charity to the poor? After all, didn't God create the world the way it is? So therefore, if Hashem wanted people to be rich, He would have given them money to poor people. He doesn't give them money. So why, why do you go give tzedakah? So Rabbi Akiva said, so why do you take wheat and make it into bread? Why you, you, in other words, Hashem created a world that, that was there for us to transform and in order for us to build it. But that's in this world. That's in that's in this on this level of development. That's when we manifest the spiritual potential in the physical dimension. But ultimately, what we really want to be is to arrive at the point where we are living in the spiritual potential, which is the world where no effort is required, where the trees and the fruit have the same taste, means there's no necessity for anything to develop. That's what Shabbos Meilam Olam Haba means. Shabbos 
is a sixtieth, is a taste of what the world to come is, is because it's not possible to do any effort. No efforts that I make are going to make any difference. I simply have to be manifest the reality of what the of what the spiritual world is as it is now, as it is in front of me. That's that's ultimately what has to be my goal, and that's really the, what the experience of Shabbos. And in that way, Shabbos is is a testimonial not only to the fact that Hashem gave us a gift that He called Shabbos that has whatever advantages that it has to it, but it's also a testimonial to the past, to the Hayah, to the to the past of what Hashem was, meaning to my celebrations that He created the world, and to the whole, to to the Asid, to the future that ultimately will, the world will come back to that point of where it will be. We will be together with Hakadosh Baruch Hu as one, where the, a, a world that is complete with no effort, with no pain, with no with no suffering, with no need to for us to transform anything, but everything in 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 its ultimate form of what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to express, which is ultimately what the goal of Shabbos is meant to meant to show us and to express for us. Okay.